Hey kids, it's me, your dude, Ice of Robots, and we're back with another super exciting, super fun episode of World Famous. This time out, we're going to open the toy, we're going to talk about this, we're going to talk about that. It is going to be more fun than anything ever, but until we get to that fun, Grandmaster Grandpa, kick, kick that, that beat! Okay, Ice Robot, let's get this party started right, let's get this party started quickly. This is World's Famous with IC Robot. That's right, this is World Famous with IC Robots broadcasting live on the internet and also broadcasting on KRJF 92.3, simulcasting on KWTF in lovely Bodega Bay on 88.1. Also, you can go to icrobots.com and download this anytime you want. It's I-S-E-E Robots on the on the good old World Wide Web. Remember when that was like the, the big go-to name for the internet, the World Wide Web? I still... I still like to use it myself, dude. I like to say the web. It sounds better. It sounds better than the net, even though honestly they're both really like the same thing. A net is just kind of, just kind of like a web, and a web is just kind of a net. They both uh, catch things. Nets, nets tend to catch things in water. Webs kind of uh, capture things up on in the air, I guess. You know, things flying by, flying insects, things, things of that sort. But it's not. It's not really a big deal. It's it's a weird time of my life right now. The uh, the good old wife is on a she's on a trip. She's she's back in the motherland in the native land of uh, Mexico down near uh, Mexico City. She goes she goes every couple years. I get left behind to watch the dogs and stuff, which is fine because honestly, I'm not a big travel guy. I don't enjoy like getting in planes and going far away. I like. I like being at my house. I like being in my home. I'm very, very happy just hanging and clanging around Santa Rosa in the Northern California areas. I just, I like to feel safe and secure and I like to be at home. And she, she likes to go visit her family. They're also, they're also very nice, very social people. And your guy is just not social enough to hang in that environment. When you're there, when you're there, I've gone before. And when you're there, you are considered an honored guest. They're very nice. They're very kind. They definitely take care of you but they also they take you all around it feels like to show you off as like an honored international guest they take you to all their friends houses they're being polite they're being kind they're being nice they're introducing you to the world but like socially it's too much for me it's just too much to like talk to this guy for a while and then talk to that guy for a while have people like looking at you and checking you out it's all it's just a little too much i don't enjoy it as much as she does she like seeing the family, like seeing the touristy sites and stuff, and that's all fine, man. It gives us gives us a little bit of time away, and these times away are the times that you really learn to appreciate having somebody around the house. Like I myself, right now, I am starving. I am starving to death. It feels like no matter what I do food-wise, no matter what I do, no matter what I make, it doesn't it doesn't like match up to the kind of things that she makes. And I realize that like quality-wise, they're nowhere near each other. But it also it also feels that like calorically it's not it's not in my ability to make things that I could eat that are gonna fill me up whereas she can do it like quite easily and I understand this is a skill this is a skill she's honed over the years and it's not the same as me eating a hard-boiled egg or eating a, a can of soup and I I am just hungry I am so hungry right now I've been hungry for days unfortunately I just can't seem to do anything about it I went out I got a hamburger it still didn't seem like it was enough to uh to get me full but whatever man that's why that's why you have a significant other in the house because ideally they're good at the things you're not and then you're also good at the things that they are not even though I don't know I don't know that necessarily that's the case but um she's not here and it's weird it's weird I feel like I have so much extra time in my day because like the time we would spend hanging out and we would spend doing stuff I now have to spend by myself and as much as there are things I love in the world I have a million hobbies I do this I do a million billion fun things that I enjoy there's only so many things that you can do on your lonesome before you start before you start going out of your gourd and while I'm not fully going out of my gourd yet I do think that if this was going to be like an extended period of time I might I might start uh, losing my melon a little bit but um I'll be fine I only got a few more days left I've been watching TV I started watching this uh, old sci-fi show called Star Lost shout out to Earl Green I'm sure he's in the Star Lost it's 
it's an interesting show. In it, there is an arc, like a space arc. Somehow Earth has been destroyed, and there's like a traveling space arc, like in, like in that movie Passengers, and it's full of, it's full of people. It's massive. The thing is massive, and there's like a million different communities all existing inside of the, inside of the giant arc. It's really, it's really interesting. Some of the people there discover they're on an arc, and they start going from place to place inside of the arc, and as they go through, they see that there's like many different civilizations and many different communities. It's cool. It has, it has that real like retro sci-fi vibe where all the characters look like they're like superimposed in the backgrounds. It's, it's nice, man. Very pleasant, very fun to watch. There's only like one season. I think there's like 15 episodes. I'm not, I'm not even sure. Go look at uh, thelogbook.com. Look that one up over there on uh, my guy Earl Green's site and see, see what's up with that. Earl has a new show about Gene Roddenberry, about the early works of Gene Roddenberry. Go look that up, thelogbook.com. Good stuff. I'm learning learning quite a bit about a good old Rod. Anyhow, we're going to we're going to move forward into the next thing. We're going to open something up and then it's going to be cool. We're going to have a good time. Now let's return to Earth. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. <laughs> Rated PG starts Wednesday, May 23rd at a theater near you. Check newspapers. Starts Wednesday, May 23rd at a theater near you. Check newspapers. Starts Wednesday, May 23rd at a theater near you. Check newspapers. Starts Wednesday, May 23rd at a theater near you. Check I apologize. I think that went on a little bit too long, but I just, I don't know, man. I just had to keep that loop going. I had to keep, keep that, that loop, loop looping, 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 looping the, the loops. loops. And looping the loops over again. This is me. I see once more back. We're going to, we're going to open up another Indiana Jones action figure. I found this one over at the GameStop. The GameStop in the mall has become like a pretty, pretty good toy stop, honestly. Like there's, there's no KB. There's no Toys R Us. There's no any of these things. And we got to, we got to make do with what we have, and one of the things we have is GameStop. Aside from aside from having a used PlayStation 4 games, they also have a pretty good selection of action figures and statues and all that all that kind of stuff. My dog, my dog just left the room. She doesn't she doesn't like it when we do this. She always sleeps on the couch over in the office. But once I start doing this, she's just like, you know what? I'm out. Like shout, hoo ha, hoo ha, and then right out the door. But uh, let's let's take a look at this we're gonna we're just gonna kind of get into this we've opened so many i'm away from the microphone and i apologize i have this i have this over on the other side of the room and i had to roll over there and get it we've we've opened up so many indiana jones figures lately i'm just like i'm on this indie kick i can't even i can't even tell you it's like my my love for the character has been reinvigorated in a way that i just didn't see happening with the with the new movie that came out also recently that that movie also just left the Summerfield Theater. I I see how Summerfield's playing some more mainstream movies and I do like that. I do like it. The problem is that when you when you book like a mainstream movie to your theater, you get like a guarantee. They want a guarantee from you rather about how long that it's going to play and usually the guarantee is really long, like a couple months. So for them to get Indiana Jones they had to set aside a theater for a really long time. That one just just moved out of the old summer field. I couldn't I couldn't believe it. It's it's nice to be able to see the movies like the big movies over there, but it it also takes a screen away from like a small indie movie or something else that I might want to see as well. So, I don't know. Ups and downs, highs and lows. You take the good with the bad, but the the Indiana Jones figure in my hand is one of the the Kenner 3.75 uh, inches, the the remake. This is the one from Raiders of the Lost Ark. This is the first indie, the indie we all know and love with the leather jacket, with the with the handgun and the fedora and all that all that junk. Let's let's take a look at the packaging. This this is you know your your typical Kenner yellow Indiana Jones packaging, the beautiful the beautiful 80s packaging that we all know and love very well. On the back, it shows you the one, two, three, four, five figures that came out. In this wave, you got Andy, Tot, a German mechanic, Belloc, and Marion Ravenwood. Belloc is his enemy. He's in his he's in his like desert garb. He's wearing like a like robes and a turban. Then the German mechanic has no shirt on and he has a wrench. This is this is the dude that fought Indy on the airplane. Remember, they fought on a, on an airplane. It didn't turn out too well for this mechanic. 
And Tot is, of course, the uh, the evil Nazi who dresses in all black. On the on the front, there's a nice picture of Indy leaning. He's leaning on a wall in a bar, probably Marion Ravenwood's bar. Then let's let's just get into this. I found this over at the store. I previously ordered one on the online because I wanted to keep one. And then I wanted to open one. I want to keep one in the package because I think it looks... The packaging is so beautiful. Oh, right here in the back, he has a whip. Of course, he has a whip. The whip... The whip is actual factual string. Let's see how well this fits into his hand. Fits all right, honestly. You kind of you kind of put it here and then you pull it through. And then it, go, it goes well. Then the handgun, that one goes into this hand pretty well. The... The fingers on these figures are very fat. They're very chunky uh, fingers, and they don't really hold the weapons as well as I would like. I feel like with my propensity to lose things like this, that I am, in fact, going to lose the whip. I did drop the whip right here on the ground. Let me pick that up. Got the whip back. We're going to put this piece of plastic. Uh, make sure there's nothing else in there. Make sure that goes into there. We'll set the card here. Let's take a look. He has... um. He has articulation at the elbow. The, he has articulation at the shoulders, one, two. Then at the knees, three, four, five, six. At the waist, at the, you know, the hip, rather. And then his head. His head turns. His his legs are weird. When when you make him, like, like he's sitting down, they're spread way open. Like, like, they're just, like, way open. Like, he's airing himself out. So it would be really hard. I guess he could ride a horse. When you bend his knees, Indy can sit on a horse. And I believe there was, there was like, some horse play in this. So that's that's the purpose of that, I guess. But he couldn't he couldn't sit very well, like, like in a chair. But it's interesting. Like, he, he, he squatted down right now. I have him squatted down. And he looks like a, he looks like a catcher. He looks like a, he looks like a Rick Dimsey back in the day. He looks like Yogi Berra back in the day like good old like good old Matt Noakes Detroit Tiger New York Yankee great Matt Noakes like Lance uh like like any number of those cool guys who uh, got behind the plate back in the day and just turned their hat around backwards instead of wearing a helmet I can't even imagine I can't even imagine you have like Sandy Koufax throwing like 105 mile an hour fastball like right at your head like Bob Fellers on the mound throwing down at you 108 miles an hour, and you're not even wearing a helmet. You're wearing a mask and your hat. And then also, you got, you got like Mel Ott. You got like a home run baker at the plate. And these guys are swinging like, this is back in the day when you dudes would use like gigantic bats. They're swinging like 40 ounce bats. And it's like, they're going to, they're going to foul one of these balls. But fortunately, back in the old days of baseball, the baseballs were quite soft. Hence the, uh, the dead ball era, the Mickey Mantle dead ball era. That was a joke, but at any rate, this is a cool figure. It's indie. His arm goes up and down. It's like he's just perfect. He's perfect in every way. I love it. I wish, I wish I would have been able to get my hands on these back in the olden days because I could just imagine how much fun I'd have having Andy cross over into the world of my GI Joes. Have Andy hop in there, hang out like he could go on some covert missions with Chuckles. He could uh, punch Cobra Commander right in the face. Big right hand to Cobra Commander. Bada bada, bada being knocked out in the first round. Let's uh, let's move forward. We're going to talk about a movie I saw, and that's always, you know, it's always a little bit of fun, I think. In a moment, at the movies, without Ebert, Siskel, or even that dude Roper. But you got Icy Robot, so that's something, right? Detective Poirot, we are invited to a seance. There have been impossible murders. You're doing that thing where you pretend to know more than everyone else. My daughter was my whole life. That killer is one of you. A Haunting in Venice, only in theaters September 15th. Haunting in Venice is the latest in Kenneth Branagh's run of Agatha Christie mysteries. The first one was uh, Death on the Nile. No, the second one was Death on the Nile. The first one was Orient Express. And now we have A Haunting in Venice. I have liked each and every one of them. And I like this one as well. Just a nice little snack of a movie as we get into like a spooky season. The start of spooky season is on its way any day now. And this is this is like a nice way to get into it. He, uh, Kenneth Branagh plays Hercula Perot. I always have such a hard time saying that name. My earphones just fell off and I I apologize for that if you heard the rustling. Let's let's see what they say about this one over on Tomatoes. I think they they always have like a nice synopsis of the of the plot. 
A haunting at Venice is set in eerie post-World War II Venice on All Hallows' Eve and is a terrifying mystery featuring the return of celebrated sleuth Hercule Poirot, now retired and living in self-imposed exile in the world's most glamorous city. Poirot reluctantly attends a seance at a decaying haunted palazzo. When one of the guests is murdered, the detective is thrust into a sinister world of shadows and secrets. It's PG-13. For violence, there is some disturbing violence. There's also some scary, spooky stuff. It is in English. The box office for the first weekend was 14.3, and it runs for 1 hour and 43 minutes. It was distributed, uh, it's a 20th Century Fox, yada, yada, yada. I, I honestly like this one a lot. It has a very all-star cast, a bunch of, a bunch of, like, actors, you know, from this and that. You know, Kenneth Branagh, Tina Fey. Tina Fey is in it. I haven't seen Tina Fey in a while. Also, Kelly Riley, who you might know from Yellowstone, is in it. Jamie Dorner from the from the Fifty Shades of Grey movies. Michelle Yeoh, Academy Award winner. Michelle Yeoh is in it. Emma Laird from uh, Mayor of No, the Mayor of uh, Jeremy Renner Town. I forget the name of that show. Like every every time, you know, the Paramount show where like Jeremy Renner's like he's like this dude who I don't know what he does. He goes around the town and like gets into trouble and solves trouble and he just seems like I don't know man they call him the mayor it's it's on paramount it's not it's not a bad uh not a bad show and this was not this was not a bad movie I myself I don't have like a ton of experience in the genre the genre of mysteries I just I don't watch a lot of mysteries and I've never not never read a mystery I don't have anything against them it's just it's not something that I've ever gotten into I've never read an Agatha Christie I probably I probably should. I don't have a lot of experience with this character that that Brana's playing. This is my first my first exposure to him, which I'm sure to some people is is blast for me. But it is. It just is. I think that he's really cool, though. He has a nice mustache. Brana plays him well. Brana has like an interesting sort of logical detachment from everything. He he can like see the clues and things that other people don't see. You know, he has he has like that uh, superpower that like people in mysteries on TV have, where they can just. They see something, and they see it in a way that we don't see it, and the way the pen cap is laying right there next to this shows them who the murderer is. In this one, the whole thing is, in this one, what our guy Barana's trying to do is disprove there's, like, Hocus Pocus. This has kind of like a Scooby-Doo mystery plot where, like, there might be some kind of, like, supernatural Hocus Pocus Shazam in the back, but... More than likely, there's not, but everybody seems to be falling for the fact that there might be this Hocus Pocus Shazam, except for our guy, the detective, who's gonna, he's gonna prove that there's no Hocus Pocus. Michelle Yeoh, the great Michelle Yeoh from, from Star Trek, from uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once, from the Oscars, she plays, she plays like the seance lady, the psychic, and she, she has everyone convinced that she, she can reach out to the other side, and Brana. Brana says to her something that I think is a very good line that you can use if you're faced with, like, psychic powers. He goes, I don't believe that God is going to bend his laws for you. Meaning, the great Lord up above has never reached down and spoken to anybody in any way that is provable. And I don't think that this is going to be broken today for you, Michelle Yeoh. You, you huckster. But anywho, this was a fun one. Honestly, it was a lot of fun. Nice, nice night out. We saw it over at Summerfield. It opened in a theater one. It was a big opening for the week. There was, there was a pretty good crowd there that night. It was, I would say, about half full, which is pretty good considering that the movie is also playing at airport. It's also playing downtown. It's undoubtedly playing in Sebastopol. This is, this is a big one, honestly. This is a big one for everybody who's like 30 and up. I would say. Big old folks movie. So, on the good old-fashioned Source Magazine mic meter with one being a dud and five being an all-time classic, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give A Haunting in Venice a very solid 3.5 mics. mics. 3.5 mics. Why is it world? Charge it. Charge it. This week in Japanese League Baseball. This is Derek for This Week in Japanese League Baseball. This past week I had a cold and was in bed for three days straight. It was really no fun and while I was laid up I read that the special ghost pitch was banned after it disappeared and reappeared next to a concession stand and a worker was injured. Workplace safety is a major concern of mine so I'm glad to see that the league did the right thing. 
Still though, I would have liked to seen how Steve Balboni Jr. would have done against a pitch that disappears from this dimension as it nears the plate. I guess there is always fan fiction for things like that. This is Derek for This Week in Japanese League Baseball. That was This Week in Japanese League Baseball. Our hero enters the recording booth with a Diet Dr. Pepper in hand. He puts down the soda and starts to speak. I see Robots presents some random stuff going on. Hey, this is me, I see Robots, and we're back for more, I don't know, just like random whatever. My life, my life is kind of at a halt right now. Like I said, the, uh, the good old wife was in the, the motherland, and without, without your sig around, you're just kind of, I don't know, man, you're chilling, you're watching TV, you're doing, like, computer things or whatever, because I can't, like, watch the fun shows that we watch. You know what I'm saying? I can't, like, I can't watch the latest episode of, uh, Daryl on The Walking Dead or whatever because she'll, uh, want to watch it with me. That's what good couples do. You watch things together. You have your shows. You watch them together. So I'm just, like, I don't know. I'm doing, like, random shows. I've been watching, like, Deadwood, things like that that I've seen before and really, really enjoy. But, like, my main project... My main extracurricular project when she's gone is I'm trying to set up, I'm trying to like really dip out this DizQ TV setup that I got going on on my Plex. The Plex is a media server app that allows you to watch things on your computer, like on your main TV. Like if you have a Roku, you can like watch all your movies, it organizes your movies that you've uh, ripped, organizes your TV shows that you've ripped and stuff. But there's an add-on. There's an unofficial add-on called DizQ TV. That's D-I-Z-Q-U-E-TV. And what this allows you to do is take the shows that you have already on your thing and arrange them in a manner to where they're like a streaming channel. Like you can set it all up, you can schedule it, and you can watch it when you want to sit down, much like you would like direct TV, much like you would TV back in the day. And I've I've always kind of had, like, these these weird interests in radio and, like, programming, like, station programming. I think I think a lot of these things are in line with hobbies, like, making mixtapes or, like, mix VHS tapes or whatever. The idea for that is, like, you're trying to make the perfect tape that you're going to want to sit and listen to all the way through. Or the perfect video you're going to sit and watch all the way through with no fast-forwards. And now... This has led me to this uh, this Plex app, and I've been I've been setting channels up. I have a lot of things on my Plex server. Over the years, I've been ripping DVDs into there like crazy. I know I've talked about this a couple a couple times in the days of the dig. I would just bring home DVDs that I thought might be cool. I'd rip them into the Plex. I would rip TV series into the Plex. You can find you can find these things at the Goodwill, just like easily. Like they're there for the taking. It very very cheap prices on the flea market circuit like the going rate for a dvd is like a dollar like a blu-ray is now like two or three dollars you can get a cd you can get an entire season of a show for like two to three maybe five dollars if it's like one of those big thick boys it's basically like one or two dollars per disc the the going rate and over the years i have collected like so many of these i just i don't know i first saw a day someday where I would be able to, like, switch away from cable and just watch the Plex. I think if it were just me, I think if it were just your dude and I live by myself and I was just doing whatever, I think that I could switch over to the Plex 100%. But the wife, uh, she likes her shows, you know, her Entertainment Tonight, her Good Morning America and things like that. And that's fine. The The cable is a very nice luxury and I'm glad that we have it. It's nice to nice to just have these random things on all the time. I do think that it's uh, pretty expensive for what you're getting, but that's uh that's neither here nor there, but let's let's take a look at what I've done with my DizQ TV so far. I have basically three channels. I have three channels right now as we speak. I plan to add a fourth one in the future, but right now we have three. I have channel 1. Channel 1 is all my movies. It's just every movie that I have in constant rotation. As time goes by, I'm going to kind of flip the script on this and sort of program in like maybe 40 movies or like 50 movies. I probably got like a thousand movies on there. But what I wonder is how many movies does a movie channel like, well, the movie channel or HBO, how many movies do they have in rotation per month? I'm thinking maybe 30 or 40 because I do see a lot of the same thing. So for channel one, I think I'm going to go for like 75 movies, maybe 50 movies at a time per month. But as of right now, it's just everything on there. Let's let's take a look. There's a guide. You can look at it on the computer. Like right now, 
it's playing Marie Antoinette, the Sofia Coppola movie, and then that's going to end at 12, and it goes into Looper, the uh, Ryan uh, Star Wars movie. And then there's that channel. That's one of my ones that I watch quite a bit. Let's go back to my channel settings, and that's, that's channel one. Channel four, they kind of randomly give you numbers. Channel four is the animation station. That's the cartoon network that I have. I don't have like a million bazillion cartoons, like as far as movies, but I do have many seasons of uh, cartoon shows. Let's see what's playing there right now. Right now is the centerpiece of the whole thing that I have. The Saturday morning cartoons over on the animation station. Right now, as we speak, they're playing Star Wars the Ewoks. This one, this one I got through kind of the black market. I picked up this series over at a like a comic show. You know, they have like those those uh, gray area vendors selling like DVDs of stuff. I picked up the Ewoks there, but the Ewoks is on right now. It's season one, episode two, The Haunted Village. And then right after that is gonna be Thundar, which is uh, a set that I have. I think I have the entire run of a... Uh, it's not as big as you would think. And then that's going to go on and on and on. And one of the things that you can do with this app that's cool is you can enable flex in between the shows. You can schedule the flex. And I have my – the way that I have it done is all my shows start at the half hour or on the hour. So that time in between, they fill with flex. And the flex for the animation station is all toy commercials. There's some PSAs and things like that, but I spent – I spent like a few hours on the uh, internet archive and a few hours on the YouTube and I got close to like 400 commercials that kind of go through on there. They're not all good. They're not all great because as much as we like to remember the days of yore were great, not every commercial was fun. I have some like food commercials in there for like, I don't know, biscuits or whatever because they didn't only play toy commercials. They played like commercials for programs that were going to be on at later dates. They played commercials for like dish soap because they thought maybe your mom was watching you while you're watching the cartoons or whatever. So I got that in effect. That's really like the centerpiece. This is the first actual Saturday that I have it on. The thing with things like this is they're more fun to set up than they are to watch. And that is just just a fact. Anybody who has like a Plex server, shout out to the logbook. Anybody who has the Plex server knows. It's just really fun to mess around with it and try to get everything to your liking. It's cataloging. I like, I have a affinity for cataloging and collecting. I also have Channel 9. Channel 9, TV 9, is like my main channel. This is a channel I made for myself to sit down, sit down and watch. There's a lot of fun things on there. I thought we could, I thought we could take a look at the schedule and we could see uh, how your guy IC Robots uses the things that he has to uh, program a TV channel. Let's start with the animation station. We'll just look at the, the random daily daily schedule of the uh thing here let's go time slots and then we switch it to daily right now i have it on a weekly schedule but we'll we'll take a quick peek of the daily this is what plays every day 12 o'clock that's when it starts i would never imagine a world where i'm watching tv before 12 o'clock honestly i've never even watching tv at 12 o'clock i really only watch from like maybe like six or up five or up but in the morning daytime i hardly ever watch but still and one of the things on there 12 o'clock Fraggle Rock. Love Fraggle Rock. Got season one. Only season one. Next, Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? I have two seasons of Scooby-Doo. I don't remember which ones they are. I think it's two and five. I recall not, but that's that's what I play there. 1230, Scooby-Doo, and the Challenge of the GoBots. I have a box set, Complete GoBots. We play that. Very fun. Then we have Transformers. I have two seasons of Transformers that I picked up at the flea market. So we got that on there. Then Voltron. Two seasons. One season. Of Voltron, got that at Dig, ripped it, put it on there. Two o'clock, Voltron. Two thirty, Star Blazers. I have the complete run of Star Blazers. I'm a big fan. I'm not the biggest anime guy, but I do love me some Star Blazers. We're off. Da 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 da. Love that show a lot. Then we got Mask. Years and years and years ago on eBay, I bought a box set of Mask, and it turned out they were all complete bootlegs, and the quality was very very poor. But I. I still have it to this day, and that's what's on at 3 o'clock. Mask, 3.30, G.I. Joe. I got the complete G.I. Joe. I got the one with Snake Eyes, the Snake Eyes figure back in the day. Then at 4, we have Jim and the Holograms. I think I have only one season of Jim, but that's that's a favorite of my wives, and I do find that it holds up uh, holds up pretty well, quite honestly. But uh, after Jim, 
DuckTales. I have the complete DuckTales. That's on at 4.30. 5 o'clock, Gargoyles. I have the complete Gargoyles, which I've never watched. I do hope to kind of watch it now that it's on the on the rotation here. After that, 5.30, Batman, animated series. I own this. Superman is following at 6. I got to complete that. Then we got Justice League, the animated Justice League at 6.30. I bought to complete that, got that. Then is uh, Spider-Man, the animated series. I got two seasons of that. Enjoy that show. After that, Avengers, United They Stand, one season of that. And then following at 8, we're getting ready to kind of take it out. Getting following... Following there at 8 p.m., X-Men, the animated series. I got the complete uh, collection of that. I think I picked that one up at a con, too, but don't tell anybody. And then we have uh, a movie. At 8.30, it plays a movie, and it continues on to play movies all the way through until the next day when it repeats. It repeats on a schedule in that sense. Before we get into the uh, weekend schedule, let's uh, let's take a quick station ID break and a commercial break, and we'll be right back. You are listening to I See Robots Radio on 92.3 KRJF in Santa Rosa, simulcasting on KUTF 88.1 FM in Bodega Bay. We will be right back after this. Here is the latest from Poutronics, the company that brought you Johnny Coins and Jimmy Dean flavored food cubes. Presenting the Poutronics brand Persper Armetta. The Perspirar is a machine that measures the potential for future perspiration by taking a sample of blood and a sample of urine and mixing them together. The sample is then swallowed by a lab technician who has their blood tested by the Perspirar for the original patient's potential for future sweating problems. Available for home use starting in April. The Pooptronics brand Perspirar Meter. We now return to some more IC Robots Radio. I don't even know what to say about a lot of these Pooptronics products, man. It's uh, just off off the chain, right? Is that what the is that what the kids are saying? It's mid. They're mid. A mid company. I don't I don't know. They're not busted. I try to I try to keep up on the slang, you know, so I can sound all cool on the radio. But sometimes, man, like these uh, the the young people nowadays are ahead of the curve of uh, what we can keep up with. I I think it's always been that way. But let's let's. Uh, Let's take a look at the Saturday morning lineup, the centerpiece of the whole thing of any station known as the Animation Station. So this starts a little earlier than normal. It begins at 9 a.m. with Fraggle Rock. I remember Fraggle Rock being on HBO in the day and that it was on early in the morning. I recall getting up early and watching that. I tried to think what was on the TV before the cartoon started back back when I was a youngster living in Oakland, Illinois. I'm thinking... I'm thinking it was like the Little Rascals. I know I've seen a lot of the Little Rascals over the over the years. Before they would play cartoons, they would kind of play this block of uh, the Rascals and the Stooges, and sometimes they would throw like an adventure show, like Lone Ranger, in there. I know I used to watch a lot of Lone Ranger when I was like really small, living in uh, Illinois. This is probably back in the '70s. But then we got Fraggle Rock. At 9, then at 9.30, Spider-Man and his amazing friends. I have the box set of this. These are all things I picked up at the flea market or the Goodwill or whatever. I have I have this, like, mindset. If there was something I wanted back in the day, if I see it now, I'll grab it. Even if it really doesn't have a lot of, like, intrinsic value nowadays, like stereo equipment. When I see equipment that, like, I was lusting after back in the 80s or the 90s, like, at the flea market now for, like, a dollar... I gotta bring it home. I have a laser disc player in the living room just because I always wanted one and I saw it at the flea market. I just, I can't, I can't help it. So when I see these DVD sets that were like 40, 50 bucks at the flea market for like a dollar, I can't, I can't pass it up. And then at 1030 is Black Star. I have never watched this. I've heard a lot of good things about Black Star and I ripped it. I got it on Saturday at 10. I missed it again this morning. But like I said, these things are kind of more fun to set up than they are to watch. Space Ghost and Dino Boy. I have the set of that. That's on at 10.30. I think it's only one disc. Then we got the Fantastic Four, 1994 at 11. That's that's a good one, dude. I remember actually watching that when it was on every once in a while, and I enjoyed that. I got that on disc. Scooby-Doo. We talked about Scooby-Doo previously, I believe. Then there is the Star Wars Ewoks. That's one 
that I picked up at the at a con. I think it was the con in um, the Concord Con. I think there's always vendors there with these DVDs, and they're always like really cool stuff that is sometimes unavailable, which I believe Ewoks was at the time. And for some reason, I felt like I wanted Star Wars Ewoks, so I bought it. Then we have Thundar the Barbarian at 12.30. That's on right now. I just heard it in the other room. I just heard it start. That is one of my favorite shows of all cartoonism. I think it's amazing. I love it. I think that's that's what got me into like post-apocalyptic uh, scenarios. Then we got Johnny Quest. I have the complete Johnny Quest. Johnny Quest is amazing. It's the best show. The theme music is phenomenal. Just an absolute work of art. I love Johnny Quest. Then we have The Legend of Zelda. I got that one at the dig not uh, not so long ago. I haven't watched any of those episodes. I do remember when it aired, and I know I've seen it a few times. Following that, Centurions. I have the complete Centurions. I got it at the flea market not too long ago. That's one that I don't think was on Saturday mornings. I seem to think it was on, like, after after class or whatever, but I... What were the popular after-class cartoons? You had, like, G.I. Joe. I remember we'd rush home to see G.I. Joe. He-Man, Transformers. Like, this tended to be where they would put, like, the toy commercials. The Saturday morning cartoons tended to be based on, like, characters already on the network. Like, for example, uh, the Mr. T Show. The Pee Wee Herman Show. Things of that sort. After that, we have Batman Beyond. Amazing show, love it, got the whole box set, love it, love it, love it. Justice League Unlimited, fantastic show. This is on at 3.30, I love this show, it's just so good, so good. Then after that, we start to transition into like live action sort of shows, and the lead into that is Degrassi Junior High. I have Degrassi Season 1 and Degrassi Season 3. This is Degrassi Junior High, the old, old school one with Snake and Wheels and all those guys. Love that show. Giant Degrassi head. And then after that, there's a bunch of the Tripods. Shout out to Earl Green. I'm a big Tripods fan. I've been seeing a lot of Tripods things on his uh, Twitter, on his Instagram, thelogbook.com. You can find that everywhere. This is one that I picked up at a con as well. I'm a giant fan of these John Christopher Tripod novels when I was in school. Man, those were my jams. I love the cartoon comic rather that they had in boys life magazine just an absolute work of art i picked these up at a con i've never actually watched them because i think partially i was afraid that it might ruin uh, the image that i have of the the book in my head by watching kind of like a low budget like bbc show but i'm gonna watch it i'm gonna watch it i'm gonna enjoy it it's gonna be really just a good experience for your guy i see robots and then after that it plays movies because that's when a uh, that's usually when the wife gets off work and we'll go do something fun. That's what a typical Saturday would be like for me. But all these shows have little bumpers in between, cartoon bumpers, PSAs. It's just, I love this. I love this so much. That is my uh, DizQ Saturday morning lineup on right now. Hi, I'm Mr. T, and I'll be right back. We want to grow home. You gotta be kidding with those baby parbelt men. Well, I don't know about lifting my dad's weights. They're kind of heavy. Maybe for you, but not for the big guys like Mr. T and me. Hey, hold it a second. That kid thinks he can look like Mr. T overnight. It took me years of slow, steady training before I became a specimen that you see today. You got to take one step at a time. You got to start small and build up. Then you move on to the next side. Nothing comes easy. So if you want to get bigger, start smaller. And that's one to grow on. That's honestly good advice, Mr. T. When your boy first signed up for the gym, I was lifting heavy. I was showing out. I wanted people to know that I was the strongest guy there, even though I just started. It was important for me to, like, just stress. So I was the top dog. But now I just go in there and I, I lift my weights. I do whatever until my muscles get tired. And then I move on and do something else. And I, I'm having a really good time at the gym lately. I'm not as sore as I used to be when I, uh was less confident in myself. Now I'm fairly confident with my abilities at the gym. So good advice, good advice, Mr. T. I wanted to, I wanted to take a look at Channel 9, but now that I'm, I'm digging into TV 9, I see this is, this is pretty intense, quite honestly. This is pretty involved, and I don't know how deeply we're going to want to get into that right now. So I might hold that off for another episode. That one is programmed like day-to-day, slot-to-slot. I'm looking at it now, and there's like, there's like China Beach, Veronica Mars, Buck Rogers, Night Court, Tales from the Dark Side, 
all kinds of stuff. Parker Lewis, Northern Exposure. And then we got some Curbed, a little Seinfeld, things like that on there. Backstrom. I got season one of Backstrom, the old Fox show. We'll, we'll talk about that at another date, I think. I think that might be best. We're getting getting a little long in the tooth right here on this episode. But uh, let's, uh, before we get out of here, we're going to do a quick reading of Rainbow. We're talk about some comics. Butterfly in the sky. I can go twice as high. I got it's in a book, a reading heavy reader. I, I always have something going on at any any given time as far as being a book as well as like comics, like monthly comics and magazines as well. I just like, I like to, uh, I like to take data in that form. I like the written words. Easy, easy for me to understand. Some people are like visual learners. Some people learn by having people tell them things. I myself, I pick up information best by reading it off the, off the page. Let's, let's take a look at some comics. Let's uh let's take a look at some comics. I've been reading. I've been doing some I've been doing some rereading. As I mentioned in the last episode, there's this there's this big hullabaloo going on in the Millerverse, the Mark Millerverse. Mark Miller, one of my favorite comic writers. I do think he gets a little too edgy sometimes, but I think that you know that going in. So, you expect it and it's not really like a big deal or whatever. It's kind of it's kind of his calling card in some ways, these super edgy details. He used to I used to like that stuff a lot more, like the super edgy comics, but now, now I'm kind of just, I don't know, dude, I kind of like some just good old-fashioned adventures and whatever, Supermans and Batmans and whatnot, but the Millerverse to me is, is really, really super, super fantastic. fantastic. Is really super fantastic. The latest Millerverse news is, is really super fantastic. Uh-huh. He's going be taking all, all the Mark, Mark Miller books and kind of tying them all together into one universe. He has... He has a big mini-series going on right now, which I now have the first two issues, but I have not had the chance to read. I wanted to I wanted to go back and take a look at some of the other Mark Miller books before I got fully into the new Crisis on Infinite uh, Millerverse. So I, I started off with Nemesis. The basic idea behind Nemesis is imagine if Batman were evil. That's, that's kind of how these Miller things work. It's sort of like imagine if this was this. Imagine if something that you knew is now this. And the premise of this one is, imagine if Batman were evil. That's a pretty good one, though, honestly. It's like a crazy billionaire supervillain in a world without uh, other superheroes. The next one that I read was called Chrononauts. Chrononauts. This is a time travel adventure. I like this one a lot. In this one, there's two dudes. They're kind of like playboy scientists, you know, and they invent these, these time travel jackets, and they go through history changing everything in their favor. Like, they're now the pharaoh. They're now the king of England. Now they're the lead singer of the Smiths instead of Morrissey. That really does happen. All kinds of things like that. And then they send somebody to to bring them back alive or dead because they're messing up the timelines. These silly guys, these silly time scamps are messing up the... Uh, Messing up the timeline, so they gotta they gotta capture these guys. The next one is Superior. This was one I had only read once before. I don't know why. I read it, I liked it, and then I never I never looked at it again, which is odd because with comics I kinda I kinda do like a read and then a reread a lot of times, especially if I, I have them in like trade paperback form, which I do which I do all these. In Superior, this young lad, he has some infirmities and he gets offered by like what appears to be like a space monkey, the powers of a super being, and he accepts, thinking that like it's all altruistic, thinking it's all good in the hood, thinking there's no strings attached. But of course, course there, there are. That was a good one. The next one I read was Kingsman, The Secret Service. This is turned into a movie as well with Taron Edgerton. This is this is good stuff, like spy stuff. Uh, I can imagine easily this would like fold into any sort of fictional universe that you want to imagine. Like just like there's superheroes. There's also super spies. I don't know. It all it all ties together. And then to me, the big one is Wanted. In Wanted, 
the supervillains win. That's one of the early premises that you get. The supervillains have won, and they turned what was once a bright and exciting world into the dreary world that we live in now. This is kind of how you would explain, like, in comics, like, everything used to be, like, super vibrant. Everything used to be, like, Batman 66. Everything used to be all cool like that. Then all of a sudden, like, you know, your Frank Millers and your Dark Knight Returns and all these all these things came along and the world shifted. The world shifted and it became dark. In this super universe, the reason that happened was the bad guys won. The bad guys won. They turned everything dark so they can have have their way with the universe. I think that that's like a very cool, interesting explanation for why why things changed. I don't know. It's interesting how things did change. At one point in comics, everything was like bright and happy-dappy. Not everything, of course. I'm sort of exaggerating there, but everything was like happy-dappy, whatever. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, Frank, Frank Miller, Miller, Dark Knight, everything's dark. So I've read, I've read all these, and I think they're all really great. I got Wanted. Oh, then I also, I also read one called Super Crooks. And in this one, there's a team of like, well, they are super crooks. And they're robbing another even more powerful, richer Super Crook. I thought this one was really cool. You can kind of fold this one, honestly, into any any universe that you have that has superheroes. Because uh, they're just like super villains, but they're working on the low. They're working on the low. In the comics, you know, the super bad guys always are just like out there causing havoc on a giant scale. They're appearing on the news. They're all whack like that. They're all like whacked out. They're basically like super terrorists bringing so much attention on themselves. These guys, they operate on the low. They operate on the low. They use their powers to break into banks. They use their powers to break into the houses and stuff and they're doing doing very well for themselves it's a nice take on a tale as old as time the tale of the uh the tale of the supervillain. i would imagine like in the marvel universe there's probably any number of dudes who operate on the low on the sneak tip on the qt without uh without ever being mentioned in a comic book because you just you just don't know you don't know that that guy that guy who kind of came up behind you lifted your wallet without you knowing you don't know that he really actually has mutant powers and he's using his ability to like freeze time near your backside and pull your wallet out so you can't even can't even feel it or know that it was ever gone or maybe he's just like traveling back in time to your house and lifting your wallet off your uh, off your dresser before you even put it in your pocket like he goes in reverse and he follows you he follows you back home lifts your wallet i i don't know any of these things could be happening in the marvel universe in the dc universe there's so many people out there who must be super powered but they decide for whatever reason to kind of keep it to myself i think me myself your dude i see robots if i had superpowers if i had like massive superpowers i don't know that i would really like necessarily let people know i think it's like you win the lottery in life like for imagine imagine for a second you win the real life lottery you got all this money that you didn't have like a day before, people are going to come to you and they're going to want it and they're going to try to hustle you and they're going to try to scam you and they're going to take it. They're going to try to rob you. I think that if you if you expose yourself as having superpowers, everybody's coming to you. Everybody needs everything. Everybody needs this. It's better to keep it on the low. Better to keep it on the low and help people in ways that you can manage, in ways that you can help. There's a lot of things you can do. Like imagine you're a super speedster. You don't have to run out there and fight Mirror Master. You could just like, you could run organs like a organ replacement, you could run those organs all around the world and help people that way. There's all kinds of different things you can do with superpowers, dude. Don't, don't be limited to what you read in the comics. All right, I think, I think we're just, uh, I think we've drifted. We've drifted a little off here, and I apologize for that. But we gotta, we gotta pull this back in. We gotta rein this back in. This is me, Icy Robots, on the radio, on the internet, anywhere there is sound traveling. This sound is now added to that. I'm trying to think if there's anything else we need to. We need to hit before we get out of here. I can't, I can't think of anything exactly. We got the DisQ TV. We got the comics, the Millerverse books. I probably went through those Millerverse books a little quick, but I, I felt like I was getting up on top of it. The, the Saturday morning cartoon bit took a lot longer than I, than I planned to. And this isn't, this isn't like good old fashioned I see robots radio on the uh, World Wide Web. This is like real radio now, and I actually have a time limit. I got to keep it around that time limit. Which doesn't mean that I won't go over from time to time if we if we have something important to talk about. But I really don't feel like that's what's going on right now. Is there anything in the toy world we should hit on before we get out of here? I saw some new Marvel Legends. They're making a uh, a Kristar. You know, Kristar, the old uh, Rimco toy line. The, the blue crystal guy with the red helmet and the crystal sword and stuff. They're making him as a Marvel Legend. If I see that one at the store, I'm grabbing that up. I was always a fan of those Rimco Kristars, but I never, not, never had one. I still... I still never not never had one. That's one of my uh, really want to find action figures, but I don't think they sold very well. I don't think they were released very well because I don't even see them really like 
on the toy show circuit all that often. I also want I want the Warlord, the Rimco Warlord. I want that light complete. I see him every once in a while, but they don't have the wings on the helmet. They don't have the sword. I want the whole the whole shebang. If I could see one at the flea market or at the store with the wings on the helmet, even one wing at this point, I'd probably buy it and try to fancy some other some other wing of a out of like a piece of plastic or whatever, like a coat hanger. I don't know. I would think of something, but those are those are two I desire. I'd like to see the Warlord released as a Motu. I think that would be fun if they got that line and they added the the character from Skataris to the uh, to the Motu universe. But um, they're gonna make Kristar. They're gonna make Kristar. That's gonna be fun. So next thing you know, maybe they'll make Rom the Space Knight as a Marvel Legend. I'm gonna get that one too. If they do, 23 Skidoo, this is me, Icy Robots. We're gonna sign off right about now. So again, get time, time for, for, if you don't like what's going on about the news, you'll feel free to go out there, out there and, and make some sure. uh, Alright, um, man, bring an organ. And you know I got to have that. Some people, some people, some people, some people, some people listen for history. Some people listen because they want a mystery. Some people listen, then say we're whack. But if they miss the show, they got the heart attack. Now look at you, you're sitting there, biting your lip. The whole world sees you as a hypocrite. Live out the first law and make yourself preservation. Slick blow. That's right. I see robots. Radio is a listener-supported endeavor. If you like what we do here and you look forward to new programming, consider helping us to bring fun stuff every week by heading over to supportthereport.com and tossing a few pounds into the hat. It's important to support things that you enjoy. Thanks and have a great week. Supportthereport.com. Everybody love everybody. Right there up on the wall. I don't think so. <laughs> Incredible strength. Never back with them. No turning around. No backing up. No selling out. No bowing down. No submit. No compromise. It's going to be no justice. Help me. No justice. Help me. All right. All right. Everybody's that loop, 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 I'm out like shout, hoo ha hoo ha, and then I'm out like shout, hoo ha hoo ha, and then bada bada being knocked out in the first round. One, two, three. I shot this Frank Miller, Dark Knight, everything's dark. Hello, this is Gareth from Pooptronics. If you think that we've forgotten about you, we haven't. When the time is right, you will know. This is viral marketing at its finest. Take care and start setting your coins aside for the ultimate Pooptronics product. This has been an IC Robots Radio production.